On today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I talk with Joey Vitale. He is such a great friend of mine, and we are just becoming greater and greater friends. And, you know, we really get real into a lot of different areas of growth and, and business and, you know, what it takes to be able to, to grow. And, you know, we get real at certain parts and really uh, unravel some of the things that, that that we need to make a priority in our lives um, based on what's going on. You know, we talk about, you know, money and we talk about, um, you know, different resources. And we even at the end, we talk a little bit about superheroes, which is really funny. Um, not a huge part, but if you like it, that's worth sticking around towards the end. Um, so really a, a really powerful episode. I really think you're going to enjoy it. So let's just dive right in. But first, the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Bonatatibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. I am excited. This is awesome. I'm very excited for this special guest. Uh, we've gotten to know each other over these last few months. And it was definitely a little of that moment, like, did we just become best friends? I hope you um, felt that same way. <laughs> so, Absolutely. <laughs> so excited. Joey, Joey, welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Nick. And I have to say, you have the best last name ever. <laughs> like, I, I still don't know exactly how to say it, but now I can be like, hey, you guys, this is my, my new best friend, like Nick, bada, bada, bada. And you're just like, that was almost right. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a mouthful, and I love that it's like because sometimes I'll go on other podcasts or like get you know presenting, and people will either try and just like butcher it like all together, which is usually I like people to try. I yeah, I, I don't mind if somebody like does it and it doesn't do a great job because I love the effort. Um, versus being like I used to get sometimes in school like. Uh, Nick B. I'm like, you didn't even try. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I'm the same way. I, my last name, there are a lot of different ways to pronounce it. Um, and my family says Vitali. And so whenever people are like, uh, how do you say it? And I'm like, when I say my name to my Italian cousins, they all laugh at me because they say it like the pure Italian way. So I feel like, but no, I, I appreciate you just being like, no, like, take a chance, try and say it. Has anyone ever gotten it right without yeah. knowing how to say it? Yeah, those are the, that's the amazing part when people just nail it. They're just like, and I'm oh, like, that's awesome. yes, well done. You know, especially with like customer service people sometimes, I love that they just like give it a shot, um, you know, and every once in a while, there's somebody that will nail it. Like I've had teachers that just like nail it without ever hesitating i'm like oh, i love that awesome yeah um so yeah mine is italian i didn't say that but i'm italian as well oh really that it is italian cool. yeah what's that what's the like italian way to say it like do you know um i don't know not specifically okay. um yeah i do have relatives in italy i get a lot of friend requests from oh cool yeah which is the best part about having a unique last name. Yeah. yeah. We're in, you can't we're be in a Italy. Smith and, ex and accept, you know, I know. <laughs> where, where in Italy? 
Um, so I believe there's some in, um, oh, what, um, I'm throwing a blank on the specific, starts with a P, you'd think I know this. Um, uh, it, it's not Palermo, is it? No, like Buscatani or, um, Oh, okay. Okay. I think yep, that's that right. sounds right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, my, my, my cousins are in Sicily, so basically we're we're neighbors. Yeah, so and I'm sure there's relatives play. all over Italy. Like I'm sure there's monotabuses yeah. all over. Um, awesome. Yeah, maybe we can go out there together, mastermind in Italy, and we find some relatives. Sounds Absolutely, like love to. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's dive into this real quick. So, uh, Joey, tell us a little bit about who you are and who you serve. Sure. So I am. Uh, I'm a trademark attorney. I like to call myself a brand legitimizer. And after um, spending years at a law firm feeling like I was the worst attorney ever because I hate conflict, um, I have this realized that that uh, those same personality traits that made me, you know, not the person that you want representing you in court, make me a pretty awesome lawyer for small businesses who are wanting proactive legal help. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Know yourself, right? Yeah. How much, was that like a hard thing to, to transition and being like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not meant for this. Oh, it was, it was really hard, but looking back, like, I'm so glad that I learned that lesson as early in my like career as I did. Um, you know, it's funny. I was telling someone this the other day. I, there were just kind of moments. I don't remember everything from like when I was a lawyer, like it kind of feels like a blur, but I remember this one time when I was, I had just gotten hired at this firm and we went out to lunch and one of the more senior attorneys was like, so you, you go by Joey? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, and you're going to keep going by Joey? Like with the, with the law firm? Like you want that on like your about page? And I was like, e yeah. <laughs> and he was like, okay, just thought I'd ask. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Oh no, it has to be Joseph. Like that's right. wild. Yeah. So you mentioned it being like difficult. Was it like, is it one of those things when you make the difficult choices then amazing things happen? But in that moment, you're not, you're very unsure, I'm sure, of like where this is going to go. Like tell us a little bit about. Yes. Kind of like so I, it, I wish that I had the the story to tell of, you know, I was at the the law firm, hating it, thought about building my own business and said, screw all of this. I'm just going to create my own thing and just jumped into it. That's not what happened. <laughs> um, I, oh geez, I felt for a long time, like I was not only a good, a bad lawyer, but like a bad employee. I didn't even think about running my own business. Um, and at the same time, my wife and I were planning this big move from St. Louis to Chicago. And so, um, the, at the time, the bigger thing that was weighing on me wasn't, I'm bad at this. It was, I need to find a job in Chicago. And so I started interning for law firms in Chicago, which is hard if you don't have any connections, if you didn't go to law school there. And I was like, man, I'm not like, I'm barely getting any interviews. And the ones that I have, like I get there and I realize I'm interviewing for a job that I know I'm going to hate. And along the way I found 
an attorney who helps who helps startups all over the world and she did it virtually she was based in st louis and i offered to be like an of counsel attorney for her and her firm and i learned so much through that experience the timing wasn't quite right for her because she hadn't really built a lot of processes on the back end to bring somebody on but that experience gave me the confidence to go out and do something on my own. Like it wasn't until I was really that close to seeing somebody who was running their own business and who was transparent with me about the fact that they didn't really know everything that they were doing. I was like, oh, I might actually be able to do this. That's awesome. You don't need to know. That's amazing. And you were like, I can do this. If she can do this, I can do this. Yeah. And so she gave me... um, like a combination of like a, a pat on the back and a kick in the butt. And she was like, now is not a good time for you to do this. And I think you would be great on your own. So let me help you get your own thing started. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Cause I had an extremely similar situation. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I worked for a small business that was just growing. I mean, it, they barely were, I started as an intern. They were paying me $10 an hour as a, you know, college graduate. And then they bumped it up to like $12. And I'm like, that's still not going to cut it. Mm. But I like stuck around and was like, really just like dragging it out. Eventually, they gave me, um, you know, another raise, like in a short amount of time, because they didn't want to lose me. But I was working for very little, knowing that it was this small startup two to three years. And then then I worked for that same company for um, ended up being six years. So I was we went from like one office to a bigger office to like four employees to like 12 employees. So I like got to see the progress and the growth and I wouldn't have had the confidence to start my own business if I hadn't seen all this happen. Yeah. When you, when you see firsthand how possible something is, it makes it easier, right? Yeah. You know, and, and getting so much exposure to that, that environment, you know, my mm-hmm. advice to anyone like thinking about starting a business is like work for a small business, like mm, small one. Cause yeah. you get, you get the exposure of like everything. You're like doing marketing, you're doing operations, you're doing management. Like there's so much that you have your hands in. And I realized I loved that part. Um, yep. it's so it's so fascinating. Yeah. More commonalities among the, you and I love it. No surprise there. Love it. <laughs> Awesome. Let's uh, let's shift a little bit here, because um, one of my favorite things to kind of talk about when it comes to the show is like really how um, you incorporate like your your morning routines and habits, and how that helps set you up for the day. Do you have anything mm. specific that you do like every day that's kind of like your routine? Yeah. So, um, man, can can we get like real on this show? Absolutely. So um, I had this very uh, unique, very intense health issue like two, three years ago. And because of that, I had to be very mindful of my sleep and allow myself to basically sleep as much as I possibly could. And so for a couple of years, I kind of designed my business so that nothing really started until like 10. And I didn't really give myself a morning routine. 
just because I was like, I don't want to put any pressure on myself to have to do anything in the mornings. And so over time, once I kind of developed that muscle, once the health issues started to, to fade and be more resolved, I started thinking about things more seriously. Um, and I had read like the, the five hour or the miracle morning before, mm-hmm. or I had read different things and it all kind of seemed to work well for a time. Um, but one of the complications for me is that um, I have a wife who likes to sleep. And so I have to be mindful in my morning routine that I'm doing it in a way where I'm not being too like loud or turning lights on or whatever in a way that would like disturb her. And so uh, now I'm at a point where uh, I get up at a certain time in the day, in the morning, I have my alarm clock in another room right next to like a large glass of water. So I turn the alarm off, drink the water, um, or before that, I, I make my half of the bed, turn the alarm off, make, take the water, take the dog out, and then um, I, I'm building up a, more, a workout routine. So um, right now, I'm kind of in the, the camp of like building small habits over time. And so right now, it's the, the workout shower cold shower if the the shower can do the cold water thing but lately it hasn't and i've been like okay with it um and then kind of some journaling and starting the day um the one piece to it that i want to add is meditation but um i am working with like this virtual fitness trainer who wants me to have the workouts become more of a habit before i add another element to the morning routine which i just thought was really interesting yeah and i think that's great advice um often people try and start so much at one time like when i read the miracle morning um i was already doing a number of the things so to add Mm. the other stuff was really easy for me um because i had already started certain parts um so that is that is great advice and meditation is an important part i do meditate uh, I'm curious though, you mentioned journaling. How does that process work for you? Yeah, you know, it's it's weird because journaling seems like out of all the morning activities, it almost on paper seems like the easiest thing that you could do. Um, but I I kept noticing that I would like get like fidgety or restless when I journal. And so that has become something hard for me to not like write something down, feel some sense of urgency and just start doing that one thing right away. And so um, at the same time, I am trying to get out of having so many journals and notebooks. And so recently I invested in, I love that we're getting so like tech nerdy on this, but I invested in an iPad. I got like a paper light cover for it and an Apple pencil. So it feels like I'm writing on paper. And I don't have any other apps on the iPad that I use other than the journal app right now. And so uh, that is working super well because like I don't, I can't kind of context switch and open up Facebook or whatever when I'm on the iPad. Uh, And then I also have, are you you showing people the video of this? Yeah, there's the video. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. So I also got this like physical timer cube. Oh, that's cool. And I, for a while I was using my phone as a timer, but then I would like look at my phone. Right. And so instead I got this little guy and it's just got like different like 30, 60, 15, five minute intervals where you can turn it on and then you flip it to whatever that minute is and then it gets going. And so oh, it's like, I can't, cool. I can't stop journaling until the timer goes off. Awesome. And so that's been, that's been helpful too. Yeah. It's funny. Um, on the, the last episode, two episodes ago um, with Dania, she mentioned having a um, hourglass and it's Ooh, for, yeah. Yeah. For like productivity. So rather than having a timer on your phone, like you said, can be a big distraction. Um, whereas the hourglass like, all right, I'm working until it's done and then I can move on and take a break. Totally. Yeah. That's cool though. So wait, how much time do you spend journaling? Uh, right now it's like, I am not getting myself like right now I've got it just on like the five minute mark again. Like I, this is, that's, this is a new one that I'm bringing back in. Um, I'm also trying to journal on Fridays in a much deeper way and have that kind of be my brain dump for the week so that on a day-to-day basis, I'm kind of working from the plan that I set that week Mm. versus just like every day, what's the plan? Right. Yeah. And that's important, you know, as having a plan. So wait, does your plan that's incorporated into your journal? Like, what are you writing when you journal? Yeah, good question. I mean, right now it's kind of more just like free flowing thoughts and getting stuff out of my head. Um, I'm still playing around with what all I'm doing. One thing that I got from our buddy James Wedmore that I'm starting to incorporate more. Again, the nice thing about the virtual journal is I have these different journals inside the app that I can kind of switch to. Hmm. And and one of them is what I call my complaint journal. Nice. So anything that I am just feeling complainy about, I can write down. And then the exercise that James teaches. Uh, that I kind of walk myself through is like for everything that I complain about on the left side of the journal sheet on the right side, like I challenge myself to write something about that complaint where like I'm reframing it. and Like I'm taking responsibility for the complaint. Awesome. I love yeah. that. So important, like just such a powerful, I mean, you can see how, like impactful that would be when you can shift your complaints and how you're creating these, that habit in general. Like, again, the one thing people don't often consider is that there's the subliminal messaging that's going on in your brain when you're taking the time to shift your perspective. Then throughout your day, something happens and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I turned that complaint into, um, you know, positive, interesting. Yeah. Like, it's a practice. That's why I always try and try and elaborate and just being like, if you want to change the way you think, it starts with the the habits that you have. You know, if you don't see the glass half full, start writing down things that are glass half full and you'll start to shift, shift your brain. Yeah. And I think like, I, I love, I love how powerful habits can be. I think that sometimes people fall into the trap of like habit guilt and feeling like their habits aren't where they want them to be yet. And uh, 
I I just have really appreciated and gravitated towards those habit experts that say like forming habits is a journey and it takes a while to build them the way you want to. And so, you know, I, I've, I've started to, to force myself to have a very um, unattached view of how I am with my habits. So like certain stuff either got done or didn't get done, but if I didn't do them, it doesn't mean that like I suck that day or what, it just means I didn't get that thing done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good association to your like to-do list um, or get to-do list as some uh, change it. I know I've talked about that before. Um, but yeah, I love, um, again, that, that perspective shift and, and understanding like, because what you're talking about too is like not bringing like your value to like what you got done that day. It's like, all right, well, okay, I didn't get that thing done. Like no big deal. And I think people will get frustrated often when they don't get everything that they, you know, plan to do that day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It can totally be frustrating. And I've been there and I just, I know that it's not, it's not helpful. Like it, it feels like you should be doing it. Like it, you, like I get the feeling of like, uh, I really didn't show up today the way that I wanted to, but that thought isn't helpful. No. And again, if you did feel that way too, it's like, all right, well now you're reflecting on it. How can you show up better tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. That's the only question you can. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes the answer is, you know, what things do I just want to take off of my plate so that the next day can be a win? Because you don't get any extra brownie points in life for doing all of the things on your to-do list. Yeah. It's funny. I, um, I was actually, uh, I had a, um, group coaching call for my membership yesterday and one of the, um, students was really struggling with doing this like lead generation in the morning from like nine to 11. And he was just like really struggling with this because he had to like data collect, like go through LinkedIn and collect all this information to reach out to them. And I was kind of like, well, did you ever think about like just not doing it? You know, like, having somebody else do it mm. and then you don't have to do that task that you clearly don't want to do that like yeah. so resilient to doing it well did you ever think about just not doing it you know like we don't even think that way sometimes right <laughs> yeah yeah it's you know, thinking that someone else can do things for us is is such like not a default way of thinking but again, the cool thing about entrepreneurship is it trains you to have that muscle more, to think more quickly of like, who else can do this instead of me? Yeah. And, you, and just amazing things, because as an entrepreneur, the best thing we can do is only do the things that we love and are good at and you know, want to do more of. And that's what we get to do as an entrepreneur. But until you start to open up to you know, delegating other things, then you're just going to keep doing mindless tasks and wonder why you're not getting more progress or not happy with the tasks that you're doing. Yeah. Wow. Love it. Awesome. Let's, uh, this is, this is good. I'm going to shift, shift here a little bit. Um, so, you know, you've been, how long have you been an entrepreneur now? Uh, I guess like four years. Okay. 
Awesome. And during that time, has there been any like really like big uh, moments that you just like really remember that were massive moments of growth where you're just like, wow, I just took a huge leap forward. Yeah. Uh, tons. <laughs> um, tons of those moments. Awesome. Was there, is there one specifically that like comes to your head and like what, what played a role in that? Yeah. So there's one that I've been thinking about more recently. And um, again, I, I had this health issue a while back. I also, um, you know, just being real, like I come from a background where I'm one of seven kids. My dad owns a construction company. And one of the things that I was like taught growing up, but also learned firsthand was like money doesn't make you happy. And, and then a couple of years ago, I had this pretty big health scare. Um, and so a couple of years ago, I had one of my first uh, retreats with my team. I had just found a couple of assistants that were virtual, but here in the U.S., uh, flew them down. The first time we all kind of got to see each other in person, we had someone leading the retreat for us. And mapped out like what we want the 10 next 10 years of the business to look like like and very like impactful stuff again i run a law firm and we do legal courses and stuff so someone was like we should do like a like a food truck but like with but like legal like we can like give people legal advice inside the food truck and i was like love it what else like we had all these really cool ideas and once we kind of filled out that big post-it note of ideas for our 10-year vision, the leader of the, of the team retreat said, okay, now it's time to talk about revenue. If this is the impact that we want to make, uh, what is our 10-year revenue goal? Like how much do we want to make 10 years from now in that year? And everybody kind of looked at me and I was like, you guys, I, I've gone through health issues in the past. Like I, I need to make sure that like my health and wellness takes priority. I also have, you know, done a lot of research on like happiness and wealth and all of this stuff. And according to a lot of studies, like you only need like $75,000 a year to like reach peak happiness. So if you take that and you combine it with certain methodologies like profit first that say, you know, you can just build a business and take 50% in owner's pay, then I could build a business for 150K a month or 150K a year and be happy. And my team kind of nodded and the, I, I freaking love the person who put on the retreat. She called me out and she was like, Joey, that's very like cool and noble and kind of you to say that, but we can't hit all of this stuff that we want to do in 10 years if 150,000 a year is the goal. And at that point I was like, oh, I, I finally get it. Like there is an impact that we want to make where me making money is not the driver behind me doing this. And we set like a $10 million a year goal because we were like that's what it takes to make this happen and uh 
that lit a very different kind of fire under my butt of what is motivating me and my team to hit the goals that we want to hit. Wow. That is powerful. Yeah. That is so awesome. Because we often think, we do think about the growth of our business is the growth of our pocket, not necessarily. And in, in this example, you know, it's like, well, if you want to create the impact, it's not about growing your pocket necessarily growing. We associate the business with our, you know, how much money we're making. And it's really not the case. Um, you know, one of the best things I feel you could do as a business owner again is like not overpaying yourself because that's more money you could put towards growing the business. Um, I've seen that's one of like the big mistakes that some people have made where they say, you know, I paid myself too much like early on or, you know, yeah. so, and, and I love that you talked about impact because that's a huge driving force for me. Um, a lot of people that, you know, we know it's just, uh, it's, that's awesome. Like what, um, you know, kind of specifically drives you towards that impact? Like, what are you working on that's uh, towards that? That's such a good question. Um, things are kind of shifting internally in the business in terms of what we're offering and things. And, um, this might not be the best answer to your question, but the answer that we currently have right now is, um, I feel uniquely capable of building an amazing team and lifting the people on my team up to a potential that they don't realize that they have. And so, so me right now, the impact that is motivating me to take action in the company is a very internal impact. Like I want them to really see and get a taste for the impact that we are making with our clients because recently they've just been hearing my stories about our client successes and all of this stuff. And I'm really excited for them to see that more firsthand. Love it. That's the impact. It doesn't have to be masses. I mean, impacting your team can be just as powerful, you know, and to, to relate to that. And, and maybe you had that same experience with um, the person you were working with before. Um, and I had that same experience where I had a business owner that I was working for that gave me opportunities and put me in positions to grow and improve and, and yeah. do more than I thought was capable. Yeah. You know, it's, um, looking back, like I, I'm sure there could have been another series of events that gave me the confidence to go out on my own. Like I did. Um, but I'm so grateful that I found somebody because it, it, it really takes a strong person to not only like lift you up, but like no business owner knows what they're doing all the time. And it took a lot of vulnerability and transparency on her, transparency on her end to be like, yeah, I know these parts about the business really well. And when someone, when a client's asked this kinds of questions, I know how to answer, but everything else in the business, I'm just like spinning, spinning plates too. And I'm bringing you up here because I think you might be able to help me problem solve. Awesome. Yeah. 
And that's, that's being a business owner too, is like problem solving, you know, how can we, you know, that's what we're constantly doing in our business when something happens, like how can we problem solve? It's constant. Oh, this didn't work. Well, what's the solution? You know? And I think there's an, there's an underlying lesson there also in, and that so often when somebody has a problem, they think so much about the problem. Mm instead of the solution. Yeah. Um, I've, I've told people before that I'm starting to hate the word problem because the word problem suggests something bad or harmful. And mm. so now whenever people come to me, especially as a lawyer, people are like, hey, I have this problem. I respond back and you and I know like the power of language and kind of tweaking and reframing what they're saying slightly. And so I respond with, great, what's the issue? Because the more unattached we can get when we're looking at this thing that they want to solve, the, the more it becomes something that we can solve. And it's not just this like emotional thing that we want to go, have go away. Like, mm. like you and I have had the success that we've had because we've become better um, at like puzzles, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh my gosh, I have this problem. What's the one solution to it? And who can I pay to fix it for me? It's like, no, all of this stuff on my plate that I have to figure out is solvable. There are probably hundreds of ways to solve them. And so what is a way to solve it that I think will work and I think I would like to try? Yeah. And I think that it's also the other level of it is like, well, this is causing an issue, which again, I love that um, reframe kind of uh, wording. Um, Do we need this? Like, can Mm. we just eliminate this altogether? Um, If this is causing an issue, do we need to do it? You know, I think, I think James talks about, was it dad? It's like delete, automate and delegate. Um, Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It could be so powerful and just be like, yeah, let's just stop doing this anymore. And then you're like, oh, wow, my shoulders just feel great. You know, like I know, taking right? this weight off. Yeah, I, um, I, that's, I love that you said that. There was a, a time a couple of months ago when um, I started feeling really like upset with my calendar because I had all of these appointments scheduled with like introduction calls with business owners who I knew didn't really know what I did, who served a totally different audience. Um, and they all kind of came from very well-meaning people that I met a while ago who are just like trying to make a lot of introductions to people. And I was like, how do I get more time in my day and like work around these? And someone was like, Joey, just, cancel the meetings and I was like oh (laughs) I can do that (laughs) oh that's too funny yeah yeah so there's simple options sometimes but you don't even realize yep which goes to kind of having other people too to reveal those things was that an employee was that a coach that was like or was that a friend It was a friend. I think it was in the the mastermind that you just recently joined. Someone was like, 
those aren't I, those aren't ideal clients. They're not ideal potential partners. If there's not a reason for you to hop on the call, then any hourly rate that you have in your mind is a waste because nothing's going to come out of that call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yep. Cut it out. Who needs yeah. it? And there's other things too you could do also to like eliminate meetings. It's like, do we need to have this call? And it's like a video, like, is this something you do? You know, again, there's like figuring out different options. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. And you're such like, you're such a good video for that. Such a good idea of like, if someone asks for a call just to reply back with like a video and be like, Hey, I would love to chat. Feel free to like reply or like click this button to send me a video back. My whatever, whatever, whatever. But like there, there are ways to, maintain relationships and conversations without it taking space on your calendar. Yeah. I find video messages to be very powerful. I mentioned to you before we jumped on that I had like turned down a a recent opportunity. Um, And I know that his time is super valuable and I know he's got things on his calendar. I know that he's got schedule and I'm not somebody that's going to like take and just like write this long email. And then he's got to like read this email and people don't like long emails. So I just made a video. It's like two minutes long explaining my viewpoint. You're able to do much more emotion in a video and you know, and then I got a great response back um, from him. Yeah. Like way easier because you can watch it whenever, Um, you know, and that's like the whole thing about always being mindful of people's time and understanding that. And there's a lot of ways to, to do that. Um, yeah. Great points, man. Video, you know, As always. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I actually send, this is a side note. I send video messages for people's birthdays also. Um, oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. People love it. Absolutely love it. Super cool. Just, yeah, taking that extra effort to be like, you know, what, gonna take you a minute to write the message anyway right like take a minute to send a video smart (laughs) awesome love it you should have like a course on all of this oh my gosh wait i do i love it yes awesome cool yeah so um this has been awesome and i want to be mindful of your time here um i know like so one of the questions i love to ask um is are there any books that you have that have been super impactful for you that you recommend to people that just like game-changing books Mm. so i do have a couple books that i recommend but um usually when people ask me for a book recommendation i ask them what their favorite book is that they've read yet and I encourage them to read it again. Because I think not enough people take action on the books that they like and benefit from. Um, to that point, and I love how we didn't plan any of this, but like the universe is doing its thing. One of my favorite new books that I started reading, um, and this guy was interviewed on James Wedmore's podcast, um, but Jim Quick's Limitless. Oh, yeah. It he there's a lot of great stuff in the book, but he teaches you how to speed read and how to 
like take notes much more effectively so that you can remember stuff from books. And I think that that's a great like tool before the tool, like read this book before you read any other book because that'll help you get more out of it. Awesome. Love that. Great recommendation. I actually, um, I haven't read the book, but I followed Jim when he was on James podcast. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, James is really killing it. He's got Jim Quick uh, on his awesome. podcast. Oh, he, I mean, totally. I mean, he's got Will Smith quote, quoted on the front cover of his book. Like, he's the real deal. Yeah, he's been, I'm a big superhero nerd. He's like been behind the scenes. No, like no way. X-Men. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, um, I've realized over the past couple of years that I just have to be more okay with saying that I'm a nerd. Oh, yeah, I fully embraced it, hence my weird videos that I do about me having, like, superpowers. It's really a... <laughs> I love it. No, I, I'm all about the Marvel movies. Um, my uh, my wife and I just got a Nintendo Switch, and we've been, like, binging on that every night. Nice. Um, awesome. So, yeah. No, it's... I think that there's something... The cool thing about it is, like, there's so much, like, science and mindset stuff behind all the superhero ism stuff and so mm-hmm. like it all it all does fit really well together yeah i actually um still an idea not sure if i was going to do it but i have plans somewhat to do a book that's around personal development around the superheroes but nice. i guess i should talk to you about that on like trademarking issues on oh I could yeah. even talk to them you know what 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 can I use? What can I say in a book like that? Um, so yeah, that's interesting. interesting. A lot of interesting issues at that it's point. All about, yeah, right. But I figured it would combine two things that I really love, personal development and superheroes. And they're so popular, <clears throat> you know, the superheroes. So why not, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Su- super cool idea. I think a lot of people would love it too. Because, yeah, I think that could be a really great, like, gateway drug book. For people yeah. who may have in the business, but definitely like the Marvel DC side of things to like, I, I thought about that before. Like, how can I create like a comic book that's like a dude learning some legal stuff? Love it. I have to ask you this question. It's very important. Um, are you a DC or Marvel guy? You know, I, I've always loved Batman but I, 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 I think I've converted over to Marvel over the past. Oh, years. ouch, ouch! Yeah, I mean, DC needs hard. to step up their game. I know, I know. It's really hard um, to stay. I've stayed resilient with my DC. I've just been always been a huge DC fan. Superman, Batman, Flash, Green Lantern, like, love it. The Marvel movies are amazing. Like, again, I love it all. But yeah. I've always been a bigger um, DC fan. I just keep rooting for them that they're gonna do something right we'll see what happens with the Snyder yeah, Cut. I, I also with with what the Snyder Cut oh I don't know what that is oh yeah so like Justice League the movie kind of flopped yeah and it's because they changed directors like a quarter of the way through because his daughter died it's like of suicide it was like this crazy oh, holy moly yeah so he had a, like he got off the project they brought in Josh Whedon who did a lot of the Marvel movies and he totally changed like the whole movie, like the tone of the movie. They brought back Superman for recuts, but he reshoots, but he was filming Mission Impossible. So they had to CGI his mustache off. It was like 
oh god it was a whole mess of like why this movie got screwed up so they're doing a snyder cut which probably realistically this has probably never happened ever in movie history where they're like basically redoing a movie a massive movie where they're spending three million dollars to produce this new um like edited version from the original movie that was designed from Zack snyder wow yeah like 30 million dollars to do a movie that's going to premiere on like hbo max um it's insane because I, that of fans. Is, I had no idea. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, because so of cool. fans. It's amazing what fans and people can do. Like yeah. they had such a movement of people. I, I, will, I will say I've become more into non super, like non, like on the surface superhero stuff. Like Sense8. Freaking love Sense8. Are you familiar? That? No. Um, it's a, a superhero-ish show on Netflix, and you were, it reminded me you reminded me of it because they did a number of seasons, and then Netflix canceled it. And because of the fans, they brought it back for a final mov- movie finale. Awesome! And oh, it, it was so good. But basically, it's like these eight people who all have like a mental connection. And they're all over the world. And it's just, it's cut very beautifully. The Wachowskis do it. So it's very kind of, there's elements of Matrix and Cloud Atlas and other stuff that they've done in the past in the movie. It's just really cool. Awesome. Have you seen Umbrella Academy? Yes. Love Umbrella Academy. Season two coming out soon. Yeah. Is it? Good. Uh Saw a trailer like yesterday. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) I love this. We could have probably did a show, a whole episode about talking about superheroes. So. Yes. Yep. Totally. <laughs> Maybe we'll save that one for another time. Awesome. Uh, this is so great, Joey. Lastly, um, what is the best way for somebody to get in touch with you, um, reach you, follow you? Yeah. So I am hanging out the most these days on Instagram. So you can find me at Joey C Vitali. Awesome. Perfect. Simple. Easy. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. Um, thank you so much, Joey. This was awesome. We went into some different areas. Um, like, this is what it's all about, getting real. Um, I love that. So um, thank you. Thanks for being here. Of course, man. Happy to, happy to help. Um, I'm excited to hear what people have to say after this. I think that there were a lot of golden nuggets that were dropped. Probably more on your side, but I'm just happy to be here. Hey, no. Dude, you, you facilitated this whole thing, right? <laughs> Don't give me any credit. It's all you, man. This is your show. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Um, Thanks for you guys being here and listening. Really appreciate it. And remember, let's keep growing together. Wait, wait. One more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it, and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J. Bonney, N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care. 
and I'll talk to you soon.